From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Carl Blaylock. Hi, hello, 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 and welcome into the WATH studios. Carl Blaylock alongside Ethan Sargent and the voice of the Bobcats, Russ Eisenstein, in with us for the first segment. Russ, how are you doing? What's up, baby? How are you? Pretty good. I mean, it's a it's a pretty solid day. We got oh. about the the last the last of uh, any semblance of summer. It looks like it's sixty five. It's sunny. Oh. Sun streaming into the studio. Yes. It's going to be a lot better than uh, what tomorrow and Friday. It's going to be cloudy, rainy, fifty. <laughs> yeah, it will feel like fall for the next couple of days. Chance of rain on Saturday too. But I mean, this is it's just awesome what a beautiful area what a beautiful time of year as we start to get to the crossover stuff right and i guess literally it's always crossover because you have volleyball and football going on right now with soccer and cross country and field hockey and the rest uh it's actually fall ball time for softball and baseball um and had a really good day today visited with jeff bowles today taped our our season preview interview together uh and he's in a, a Good mood, great spirits, the team's looking good in practice, and and football as well. I I tweeted out a picture from uh, the Learfield offices on the third floor at Peden Stadium, and the the fall colors just look so beautiful from Peden Stadium right now. So it's been a good day. I mean, absolutely. You look at... I mean, heck, you can't, you can't, there's not, there's not very many things that can beat uh, looking down to the south end zone of mm. Peden Stadium. It's beautiful, and, and hopefully uh, Saturday will be a good day. You know, Bobcats want to bounce back. Bobcats and Broncos coming up Saturday, and I know we'll talk about the NIU game a little bit. And uh, for me, it was fun to be back home. Wish I was broadcasting uh, uh, an Ohio win over NIU. Uh, but we'll talk about the reasons why that was a loss. Uh, and then we'll, we'll obviously talk about what's what's up in front of Ohio here. And you know what? Broncos may be on the come up here. They could score a little bit. Defense, you know what? The non-conference, they got gashed. They played three Power 5 schools. So... It's an interesting matchup on Saturday. And we'll circle back now to that NIU game. And obviously coming in, this is a Husky team that you had to be a little bit wary about. They had a few really good games and a few really bad games. Obviously, first game out, come out, upset Boston College. But they've also had a few uh, tough losses, believe lost to Southern Illinois as well. So it's something for the Huskies. You didn't know what team you were going to get, and the Huskies really gave their A game against the Bobcats. And does it feel like the Bobcats almost are kind of getting that target on their back? Without a doubt. Yeah, sure. Um, And Northern has always had the target on their backs. Uh, And I mentioned this at the end of the game. Thomas Hammock let out a big yell on the sideline, not because they won a game on homecoming, but because they beat a really good team. And that's a credit to Tim Albin, Frank Solich, and what this program has built. So every team that beats Ohio is going to be proud 
of that win, in addition to it being homecoming in the way that they got it done. Um, and you mentioned Northern. You know, Southern Illinois would beat a lot of teams on the FBS level. Uh, yeah, I went to Northern my freshman year, but I'm a, I'm a proud Southern Illinois alum. Uh, so uh, what they've been able to accomplish in their program and what they are this year. So it's not a bad loss to NIU by any stretch. It's a conference loss where they lost by 10, and they know the reasons why they lost the game. Uh, seven penalties for 70 yards. Three interceptions thrown by Curtis Rourke. It was uh, arguably his worst start as uh, an Ohio starting quarterback. And I had a chance to talk to him yesterday off mic. Um, but I wanted to know how he processed that game. He said, look, it, it was just one of those games. And it's very rare that he's had them. But he looked at the interceptions and he flushed it. And it's on to Western Michigan now. And how much do you think the weather kind of played into it? I know I, I got to go up to South Bend this weekend, and yeah. luckily by that point all the rain had moved out, but it was still cold, it was dreary, you had the wind off the lake, and obviously being in the Chicagoland area, I'm sure that was just as bad up in DeKalb. It's always windy in DeKalb. I mean, it's always windy. To say it's windy in DeKalb is to say it's a day in DeKalb, much like at Bowling Green. So Ohio has been to the two windiest spots in the Mid-American Conference for sure. Um, but it was the same weather for both sides. Um, and, and the weather had nothing to do with Ohio getting blocked properly on the NIU long 53-yard run. Uh, the weather had something to do with Rocky Lombardi's touch pass uh, that went for another big chunk play and a score. And, and the weather was something that Northern practiced in and is aware of. And that was a perfect touch on that ball from Rocky Lombardi. And once the fake occurred and there was nobody minding the back door there, that was a touchdown. But keep in mind, the Ohio defense kept them in the game too because there were field goal drives that NIU had that probably should have been touchdown drives. And, and if it were anybody else in this league, they might have been. So still, through all of that, Ohio was still in the game of the fourth quarter and a tight game, and it's a conference game against a really good program and a team that's starting to get better. Remember, they only lost by two at Toledo um, and blasted Akron the, the week prior. So, you know, it, it is what it is. Tough loss for sure, um, but you move on now, and, and they're aware of what, what made them lose the game. Yeah, Rust, it was really a tale of two halves. I mean... The first half was was not perfect by by any stretch, but you're up 13-7 going into the locker room. You've mm-hmm. scored 13 straight points, and you're getting the ball to start the second half. Yeah. And then it all fell apart, really, starting in that first drive. They gave it pretty much straight back to NIU, and then before they could even blink, that touch pass, like you mentioned, yeah. straight into the end zone, and, and it's NIU gave them a lead they would never relinquish. So what do you think both NIU switched up in the locker room that you saw from your vantage point? And then, you know, how did Ohio try to adjust? And then, you know, what went wrong for them? Yeah, to your point, and, and Jason Arkley tweeted this out too, uh, and we, we love the scribe. I mean, Jason is, is such a, a good writer in addition to a good sports observer, and he mentioned this, and Rob mentioned the tweet that he had too, that, that Northern's offense for a, an actual full hour on the real clock was off the field. Uh, so Ohio controlled clock. They got it done with seven seconds left in the first half. Then you get the ball back. And we talked about how important that first drive was to try to stack scores. You kind of felt off balance and off kilter from the start of the half because uh, Ohio went three and out. Northern got the ball immediately. If Ohio was at least able to string a couple of first downs together, and even if you punt the football, you still felt that you had the advantage in the game. You got everything that you wanted out of the deal. But it was a quick three and out. 
Northern got the ball immediately back, and you just kind of felt, hmm, all right, Ohio's going to be on their heels a bit in the second half. So that was the difference there. That first drive of half two, even if you got a couple of first downs, it might have changed some things. Uh, but I think that was a big part of uh, how things changed in half two. Obviously, you've talked with Coach Tim Albin with the Coach's Show on Monday. How much of a gut check was it for him? And do you think we might see any changes from the Northern Illinois loss heading into Western? I, I just think that that they know who they are and they know what they need to get done. And, and very simply, Curtis Rourke is not going to throw three more interceptions against the Broncos. I mean, you can it, it's just not going to happen. Um, if it does, it does. It's sports, but it's going to be, you know, very rare for him to do that one time, let alone twice. So you take care of the football, the penalties. They know they have to clean that up. And I asked him about it because it's one of those things, you know, us as reporters, as broadcasters, we could say, well, they got to clean it up. Well, how do they really do that? And, And Tim Albin said, you know, we don't have the budget. We as in Ohio athletics, Ohio football, They don't have the budget to have officials there for every practice. And that's something that that the power power fives can do. And and they can work on what's a hold, what's not a hold, that kind of stuff. A lot of that, too, is up to interpretation based on that that officiating crew. You know, like Bryce Houston's 15-yard penalty at the end of the ballgame. Well, a little bit shaky. You could see it called. You could see it not called. Um, they know they need to get the running game going. I talked to C.A. Ben-Gurra about that after practice yesterday, and he's still waiting. He still feels that they can. He still feels that he can break a long run. We're waiting for that. It's there. And I talked to two offensive linemen at the coaches' show on Monday night, uh, Parker Titsworth and Kurt Daniker. They feel it's still there too. So even with the ball club being 5-2 and two and 2-1, two and one, they feel that there's a next level. Now, Western Michigan's defense, bottom three in the league. You know, they gave up a lot of points to Syracuse, Iowa, Mississippi State, and to Toledo. So the opportunity is going to be there. They also have the worst red zone defense in the MAC, and they're, I think, the second most penalized team, the Broncos. So Ohio should have chances to capitalize this week. And so to your point, yeah, the the changes and the tweaks – just getting better at what they know that they got wrong at NIU. How much do you think the noon kickoff will be a little bit different? Obviously, Bobcats haven't really had as many of them anymore. They got rid of the 2 o'clock kickoffs. Remember, last year was a bunch of those. I think was I don't even think the LIU game uh, was a 2, 2 p.m. kickoff. So this, yeah, is, so this is the third noon. So in my now 16 seasons of, of broadcasting Ohio football, this is the most noon kicks that we've ever had. Uh, So the first time LIU was a good primer for the Iowa State game, and now this is the third. Um, So I think Ohio's more used to it now than they ever have been before because we simply haven't had them before. I think, and some veteran Bobcat fans might remember this too, I I can't remember the Temple game time in 2009. That seems to me that it would have been a noon kick. And then I think another Black Friday against UMass one of those years, I think, was very early. Might have been an 11 o'clock kick, um, which we in the central time zone know very well because the noons in the east are 11 in in central. Um, So I think Ohio's more ready for it now than they ever have been before. Looking at, obviously, last week at Northern Illinois, that was an Ashley televised game on ESPNU. Uh, This week... 
CBSSN's got the coverage against Western Michigan, and I'm double-checking here, but I'm fairly certain that the Miami game is on national television as well, uh, CBSSN. So how important is it for the Bobcats? Obviously kind of stubbed their toe on national television, but they've got two more chances to kind of make that up looking at nationally being able to be on that national television. You know what? I, I think anymore that that doesn't really enter into things all that much unless you're on like an FS1, uh, unless you're on ESPN, the, the mothership, the big one. Um, because frankly, everybody in this league has been on CBS Sports Network, ESPNU, ESPN2, all that. The, the, the red letter days from a TV perspective would be Ohio's opener against San Diego State. We thought that the Aztecs probably be a little better than what they turned out to be. They won at Hawaii this past weekend, but it's an interesting mix down there in Southern California. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I don't think they're really worried about that, mindful of that. I just see that this ball club feels that they know that, that what went down at NIU is why they lost the game. And they're in this the thick of the race. But it's really going to come down to the Miami game for sure. But Miami's important. Even more so if you take care of business. So there better not be a look ahead, and I don't think these guys are. Um, but that sometimes does play a part, and that's something Ohio's going to have to battle for sure. Well, well, you mentioned that look ahead a little bit, and I'm sure you know how massive the game between Toledo and Miami is this right. week. Because what a, what a massive matchup that is in this little cross division uh, thing that we got going on right now. I I don't know if you're going to be able to catch that game, but. Um, will you, you know, will you take a look at that game and then after uh, the game against Western Michigan, you know, how do you think the Bobcats will prepare for what is, as you mentioned, just a monumental clash against Miami? Yeah, it's really cool. First off, rivalries are better when both teams win. And I know for sure that everybody wants to beat their rival every year, but normally it doesn't work out that way. Ohio's had a stranglehold over the Miami series in men's basketball, too. And so losing at Millette last year for Ohio men's basketball, yeah, you move on, you get past it, but hopefully it adds a little bit more spice to the rivalry uh, because it, it's good when, when both rivals are good. And this is the first time in a while that both teams have been really, really good. And that's a credit to Chuck Martin. It's, it's, it's a credit to the Miami players. So they deserve to be where they're at. What's interesting about the Toledo game, I don't know if the, the number is actually right. But it's been a decade since Miami and Toledo have played. Think about that. That's There are a couple of scheduling quirks. You know, Ohio's been on the road to start MAC play 12 straight years. That should never happen in any matrix, any kind of scheduling philosophy ever. And it doesn't matter if Ohio's really good at those games, which they are. They're 10-2 and two in those games. It just shouldn't be a thing. And no team in a league should go that long without playing each other. That's why this game is going to be really cool. Drew Carter, who had the call of, of Ohio's game at NIU, he's on the call this week uh, down in Southwest Ohio. So I strongly encourage folks to tune in for that one in addition to listening to us. And I think the game times are stacked, right? I'd, I'd have to take a look. I would imagine so since both are on national television. Well, but it's different networks. Yeah. Um, that is a 4 o'clock kick. So here's the cool thing. In addition to listening to Marty Bannister and us in postgame on, on Saturday, and Marty does a really good job with that postgame report here uh, on, on the flagship station, Pure Rock 105 XTQFM, you could have 
Toledo and Miami up. And then I'd highly encourage you to, um, they're not a Learfield property anymore, but he, but they're really good at radio. Uh, the Miami Radio Network does a great job. Steve Baker is awesome. Um, and of course, Mark Byer and, and the crew at Toledo too. So you got a whole lot of really fun broadcasts, hopefully, to be a part of on Saturday. Looking forward to seeing Robin Hook. Longtime voice at Western Michigan. Hopefully bring some donuts with him from Sweetwaters. I'm excited about that. So, yeah, I'm stoked for Saturday. Ready to go. Absolutely. One last thing before we let you go. It's almost basketball season. You talked about nearly the crossover period. You you, you said you talked uh, with Jeff Bowles today. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what we're looking at for Bobcat basketball this year. I, I think it's going to be a really exciting season. I do. And and even though there was a loss to Toledo in the MAC tournament in Cleveland, the semifinals, right? Um, Ohio showed what it could do. Uh, down the stretch, Ohio was 7-2 in the second half of MAC play last year. Uh, blasted Ball State. And again, all due respect to what Ball State has going, you know, Ohio just controls the Cardinals. It could be in Athens, it could be in Muncie, it could be on the moon, it could be in Cleveland. For whatever reason, Ohio holds all the cards against the cards. Huh. Um, so Ohio had that vault into the offseason. It's a different looking ball club because when you don't have that inside piece offensively and defensively that you had with Dwight Wilson, obviously there's going to be a little bit of a change to the dynamic, right? Ohio might play a little faster offensively. Uh, how are they going to work uh, A.J. Clayton into the mix in the post? I think I think that's the next step for him, and I think that's something they'd like to see him do. I mean, he's a heck of a catch-and-shoot shooter, um, but he's got some brawn to be able to get down there. Can Gabe Wisnitzer give you more minutes there? Because I think the guards are outstanding. And then the new pieces in? Ike Cornish, Sharif Mitchell, and Ben Nickel. We'll see about Ben Nickel. I, I think he could be a really good piece moving forward. So Ohio's got a lot of tools at their disposal. It's going to be a question as to this coaching staff, and it's a really good coaching staff, really good coaching staff, how they blend everything together. But my talk with Jeff today was great. He's in a good mood, good spirits. The ball club's in good spirits too, and looking forward to the exhibition game coming up. I think, I don't know if this has been announced yet, but, I think there's going to be an event at the Convo coming up soon. Has that been announced? I'm not sure. Oh, did oh did you? Okay, yeah. yeah. So it's coming up soon, like um, next Thursday, I want to say, the 26th, uh, 6.30 to 7.30 at the Convo. I think there's an event there. Yeah, I think I think they just uh, – we just got an email on oh, that today. <laughs> nice, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm sure Lou will be on the mic. I hope Rob and I are involved in some way, doing interviews, maybe a dunk contest. Not us, but the players. Uh, and I think uh, there'll be a whole lot of giveaways for students. And that's the cool stuff. Get ready for the season. Come on out next Thursday. I still think you could dunk the ball, Russ. Well, we got to lower that rim a little <laughs> bit uh, now. I, I'm more of a facilitator, and I'm a real streaky shooter. So you line me up corner right, point right. Uh, I, I've got a decent shot, so I don't look out of place on the floor. I think they got a three-point shooting contest. Maybe we'll oh, see you out there. I'm ready, man. <laughs> Let's go. No, look, I, this is so exciting. And, and then from a show perspective, there's so much cool stuff to talk about. Local high school sports, right? Bobcats and all that. This is such a great area for sports. And so you get to talk about it. You all get to talk about it every night. That's why I'm, I'm so excited to be in here to just uncork a half hour of my thoughts on you. 
but really excited for this Saturday. Airtime at 11, kick time noon, CBS Sports Network, but we need a big crowd out there. Ohio's trying to win its 10th home game in a row. And the last time that happened was beating Rhode Island in the opener of 2019. Uh, so Ohio's in... A really good place at home. And we'll see if they could beat Jordan Reed, former Bobcat wide receiver, who I'm talking to tonight. I'll tweet that interview out uh, on Saturday. Hey, they haven't lost on the Frank yet since they since they renamed the field. Haven't lost on the Frank. Yep. You bet there must be something to it. And uh, should be a lot of fun on Saturday for sure. Absolutely. Russ, thanks for coming in. We'll catch you next Wednesday. Yeah. Preview for that uh, big, big game against Miami. Oh, I'm ready for it. Let's go. Yep. We'll be right back here on The Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. Hello, football fans. This is Voice of the Bulldogs, Cedric Granger. After Athens' dominant 54-8 win at River Valley, the Dogs look to take down their rivals, the Nelsonville York Buckeyes. Can Athens make it five wins in a row and solidify their playoff spot? Find out on Friday. Join me and analyst Matt Frazee at 6.45 p.m. on 970 WATH. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, $1.19 each. Open 10.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. Head over to Larry's Dog House over on West Union Street in Athens. Spins it in his hand, shoots it up the middle of the field. Fleming caught at the 10 and into the end zone. Fleming for a touchdown. Julian Fleming just ran under that ball from the middle of the field, and from 36 out, Ohio State's gone on top by another touchdown. This is the voice of the Buckeyes, Paul Keels. Ohio State returns home Saturday as they host the Penn State Nittany Lions. We'll be on the air with the AEP Energy Buckeye pregame show beginning at 10.30 a.m. here on the Ohio State Sports Network from Learfield. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. Once again, thanks to Russ Eisenstein, voice of the Bobcats, for hopping on with us. Man, it's exciting, and it's exciting. Very exciting. I mean, hearing about how uh, exciting uh, OU college basketball might be this year with the Bobcats, it's got me thinking about college basketball as a whole. Around and corner. Hey, it's right around, around the, the corner. corner. And they released the AP Top 25 poll earlier this week. Um, a lot of Big East teams at the top, but... And, and somewhat surprisingly, not very many ACC schools and not very many SEC schools. You have Kansas, number one, Duke, number two, Purdue, three, Michigan State, four, Marquette, five, UConn, six, Houston, seven, Creighton, eight, Tennessee, nine, Florida Atlantic, ten, Gonzaga is 11th, Arizona, 12, the U, the University of Miami is the second highest ranked ACC school at 13, Arkansas at 14 with the must bus. Texas A&M 15, Kentucky down in 16th. I don't think very many people expected them to be the fourth uh, team in the SEC ranked. San Diego State, obviously uh, the pride of the Mountain West. They're 17th. Texas 18, North Carolina 19th. Baylor 20, USC 21, Villanova 22. St. Mary's, the Gales 23. Bama is number 24 in Illinois, rounding out the top 25 at 25th. And you know, it's it's very interesting. Looking at the top 25, I, I think that this is once again going to be kind of a wide-open year. Uh, the Big East is very strong. The Big 12 is very strong. But yet again, or the Big 12 is probably the strongest and the com- strongest yeah. 
And you also got the Big Ten as well. But the Big Ten, again, they still have to prove, can they actually go anywhere? Tournament. Yeah, can they do it in the tournament? I mean, there's there's some interesting things and pieces uh, throughout this um throughout these brackets um florida atlantic is just as good as last year if not better they bring back pretty much the entirety of that team that went to the final four and the ap poll rewards them for it so does san diego state to be fair as well um so those two teams as well uconn starts the year at six looking to defend the national title um after that great run that they had last year uh they got a couple first place votes to compensate for it kansas being the unanimous number one not a big surprise picked up the big star in the transfer portal and hunter dickinson from michigan also had a very good freshman class coming in uh, replacing guys like grady dick so it's gonna be um it's gonna be a good year uh for uh rock and chalk uh in the in the fog it's gonna be a, i believe they're gonna be very good duke as well you know another once again shocker great freshman class coming into duke um one school that actually doesn't have as good a freshman class as you'd think you mentioned them earlier the kentucky wildcats this is not an all-star kentucky freshman team this kentucky team is actually very heavily built on a lot of older players it's a team that's built around a lot of guys that are in their third fourth year of college basketball which is something that we're not used to at all if you're a Kentucky Wildcat fan so it's going to be very different at Rupp Arena this year they're going to play very different brand of basketball than we're used to seeing uh, obviously no more Oscar Shebway as well but it's going to be a, a, a little bit of an adjustment year but again they're always going to compete Kentucky's going to be a tough team to keep out of the NCAA tournament and out of you know the SEC conference contention um, so that's going to be interesting to see. And there's a couple other uh, schools as well. North Carolina, of course, losing Caleb Love, losing a lot of those guys that went to the national championship two years ago now, um, looking to rebound and bounce back. And then, of course, Alabama with former Bobcat Mark Sears might be their most important player this season um, down there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, he's going to be their starting point guard. And of course, losing second overall pick Brandon Miller to the NBA. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely shaping up to be real interesting. I, I'm interested to see how the Mountain West reshapes because, of course, you are. Of course, I am. Yeah, of course, <laughs> I am. I mean, I am the the biggest Mountain West truther you will meet in Ohio, and I, 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 I guarantee love the Mountain that. West because I mean, when you think about it, if you're watching, if I'll put it this way, the Mountain West is awesome. If you're watching basketball at about 10 p.m. on a, a weekday in January. Turn on the Mountain West because there's usually a fun game going on between Utah State and New Mexico at, or, you know, any one of the teams in that conference because it is a very deep conference, especially in basketball. There are a lot of good teams in this conference. They could put multiple teams in the tournament. They have put multiple teams in the tournament. And obviously, San Diego State last year made that great run, went all the way to the Final Four. So this is a, t this is a conference that's really deep. They've got a lot of schools that bring back a lot of talent once again in 2023 and into 2024 and it's going to be a really interesting year once again in that conference it's wide open san diego state the early favorites but it's anybody's game i think really looking at it and we're looking at the ken palm numbers um i think a team that is very very being slept on i guess not even because their top 10 is that florida atlantic team i think it's once again going to be another great year for the mid-majors because that's something with all that nil talk on capitol hill i'm sure you saw some of the highlights mm -hmm. from that 
Um, I mean that that hearing was something else. It had <laughs> you had you had Ted Cruz being compared to Deion Sanders. Hmm. Um, I, I don't know where that comparison came from, but you know you look at all these teams that have been able to take to the portal take to some of these NIL collectives, and they've been able to completely rebuild and create a very powerful team. And you see now with Florida Atlantic, they take last year's Final Four team. I don't think they lost anybody they from didn't, that. They, they, as I mentioned, I, they bring everybody back. Like, that whole team. There, there's a reason they're still ranked number 10 in the country. They are absolutely still the same school. They bring back all that talent that took them as far as it did in last year's tournament, and they're going to look to build on that. They're going to look to potentially continue to go far. I mean, they only lost three games last year, four if you include the uh, loss in the Final Four. So they're going to be a problem this year. And I think people, the thing with them this year is teams are going to be expecting them to do well. And I mentioned the Mountain West, and just looking at the top 25 mid-major Ken Palm rankings, Gonzaga's obviously number one. They're not a mid-major. They're not a mid-major. San Diego State, number two. Memphis is number three. FAU, four. St. Mary's is number five. Then you got New Mexico, Boise State, and Nevada. Each of those are going to be very interesting to see what ends up happening there. Dayton is number nine. St. Bonaventure, number 10. Remember the 810? They're trying to bounce back. They had one of the worst seasons they've had uh, in a while last year. They're trying to bounce back. You've got Yale. Ivy League. Yale's really up good. There. Yale's a school that I've heard a lot of rumblings about in terms of they've got some guys. They got a really good point guard that can shoot the ball. They've got a couple of bigs that could cause some damage. They they're a really good school. They're deeper than most mid majors, and they got experience from last year. Look out for Yale to be a potential sleeper come March. Colorado State's another good team. Loyola, Chicago, Liberty, UNLV, Drake, Grand Canyon, VCU, North Texas, Duquesne, another A-10 school, UAB, uh, LMU. Who would LMU be? That would be uh, Loyola Marymount. Loyola Marymount out out on the West Coast. SMU. San Francisco is very interesting as well. And UC Irvine. San Francisco's had quite a few very good years. Yeah, they gave... um they're the they're the team that's that has given Gonzaga a little bit of trouble in the past, along with St. Mary's, um, in terms of that the the the, the conference. Um, when, when you actually, I wanted to look at the uh, the Mid American Conference standings for the uh, for Ken Palm because there are some very interesting numbers in there. Uh, you're, you're the highest team in the MAC is is Akron. Akron is the team to beat in the MAC this year. I'll put it out there. They bring back a lot of talent from last year. Uh, Castroneda is back. If you remember him, the guy who could put up about 30 points a game. Of course, of course we remember he's, him. Bobcats here, his name and he, infamy. He is back. But Ohio, not too far behind. They're actually second in Ken Palm standings for the MAC at 114th. Akron for reference are at 102. Um, Ohio at 114. Kent State right behind them at 119. So those are the top three. Kent State losing sincere carry is their big, big loss. But yeah, Ohio, I, I really like their team. Ike, uh, you know, they mentioned Ike Cornish. Russ mentioned him up before. He's a really good recruit. He's going to come in and play minutes. But this is the season of A.J. Brown. This is his year. This is the year where he can announce himself on the national stage. And I think that A.J. Brown is the key to the Bobcat season. If he stays healthy and he plays like he did towards the end of last season and then in the MAC tournament, we're looking at a special basketball player, and he's somebody that can will this team to maybe even the MAC title. 
basketball on the bricks has always been incredible and it looks like it's going to be shaping up to be that again. We're going to take our another time out. When we come back, we're going to talk some baseball. The Phillies are lighting it up, man. We'll talk about it after the break. You're listening to The Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. Tune in Friday night for the Athens County Game of the Week on Pure Rock 105. This week, it's a matchup of teams trying to end the season on the right foot as Alexander travels to Megs. Coverage will start with Football Friday kickoff at 5, with the coaches show at 6.30 and kickoff at 7. It's the Spartans and the Marauders, Friday on Pure Rock 105. Getting the right health care for the right problem can save you time and stress. That's why Ohio Health offers three types of care options right here in Southeast Ohio. Call your primary care provider when you're sick or when you need to manage your long-term health. Visit urgent care when you can't get in with your doctor. And go to the ER for severe, life-threatening situations. Find out which Ohio Health location is your best choice at ohiohealth.com slash right care. Are you looking for a fun, challenging, and rewarding career? 970 AM, 97.3 FM, WATH is looking to hire a new media consultant. This person will work largely outside of the office meeting with clients and prospective clients, proposing advertising and marketing solutions to ensure customer satisfaction. A critical part of this position is building relationships with clients and learning about their needs. Sales and media experience are preferred but not required. For more information, visit yourtotalmedia.com. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. This is The Sports Fan. Carl Blaylock, Ethan Sargent with you in the WATH studio. And as promised, we're talking baseball because, my goodness, the Phillies offense, it's a machine. I, I, we haven't seen anything like this since uh, the trash can banging Astros of 2017. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm not saying that's what hap- what's happening in Philly. They just literally have the most, I mean, they literally just have they, this a has team been one of the best built yeah, for home runs. One of the best postseason offenses we've seen in a long time, and it's just because, quite simply, like you said, they, they're living and dying by the long ball, at least in the beginning of games. I mean, last night, Trey Turner with a first-inning home run. And, I mean, look, they feed off that home crowd at Citizens Bank Park. It's such an awesome atmosphere. Um, they bring it come playoff time. And, and, and right now, I mean, look, you can't write the Astros off. You can't write the Diamondbacks off. But I would be sitting down to watch a Rangers-Phillies World Series. I'd be all over that. I think it would be a great series. Two teams that are firing offensively. Two teams that have proven to be clutch in the playoffs. And, and something's got to give. It, it would be a heck of a World Series. Going back to Philadelphia, I mean, Kyle Schwarber now adds his name. The first, the third team in postseason history to have three hitters have multi-home run games in the postseason. Kyle Schwarber now has more postseason home runs than... Derek Jeter and Reggie Jackson. Mr. October and Mr. November has nothing on Schwarbombs. I mean, he. I mean, he's just inevitable. It feels like because again, I think the the past couple of times I've been on the sports fan, I've talked about this. Kyle Schwarber is is hitting terribly. He's batting under two hundred, but he's got over forty five home runs 
And when he hits the ball, he hits it about a mile. And it usually works for the Phillies, right? And right now, well, it's working for the Phillies because everybody else is hitting so well. Nick Castellanos continues to do well. He had a sack fly last night. JT Real Muto had a huge double that broke that game open in the sixth. Um, uh, Bryce Harper continues to rake. There, Trey Turner's raking. Yeah, there's Alec Bohm is raking. There's Bryce literally Scott, every no guy on that team is playing gaps. well. No gaps on it's that. Why team. that lineup is so successful? Because you know you feel like you feel like you get through the heart. Because the proverbial heart of that lineup is at the top, right? When you've got Schwarber, Turner, Harper, Castellanos, or even they got Castellanos. Castellanos is batting lineup. seventh. That's how you know He's how batting this team seventh. is. And then you've got I believe they have Alec Bohm right now, and then Real Muto is batting fifth. And, and they just you feel like you get through that, and then you got to face Castellanos in the bottom of the order, and you got to face all those guys, and then bang, they're you're right back to the top. So. It's such a relentless lineup. That's the I think that's the best word to describe it is relentless. Is they just continue to fight. And last night it was just an onpour, right? Every single inning, it just felt like it continued to pour on and pour on. And the, the Diamondbacks just couldn't keep up. And they last night they had no answers. And it literally it wasn't like it was anything bad with the pitching. I mean, Merrill Kelly had a great game on the mound, the starter for the Diamondbacks. He went five and two-thirds innings, only gave up three hits. Of course, those three hits were all home runs. Yep. It's the same thing that happened to Spencer Strider in in Game 4 of the NLDS, right? I thought Spencer Strider pitched extremely well um, in that game. But again, three hits, three home runs, um, including that last one to Castellanos that almost felt like a, like, a, like a shot to the heart if you're a Braves fan. And again, Merrill, like you said, Merrill Kelly played well. He was my hot pick yesterday, by the way. Shout out to uh, anybody who took my hot pick because you cashed if you did. Um, Merrill Kelly over one and a, one and a half earned runs. And it wasn't and I said it on the show that it wasn't an indictment on Merrill Kelly's pitching because he pitched well. But it's just a proof of how deep and how good this Phillies offense has been. It's on a historic pace right now in the postseason. And look, this is not a team. Right now, they're my World Series favorites. I think they're right now now, if with these four teams that are remaining, they're my favorites to win it all. I really think that it's the Phillies' year. Like I, I, I can't see any reason why it wouldn't be. When you look at how hot they are right now, and it, it's not like last year, where last year they just kind of caught fire at the right time in the postseason. The Phillies have been the best team in baseball since August. They've been playing very well. And, I mean, the, the reason they didn't win that division is just because the Braves. Well, I, I would say the Braves were the best team from all, from uh, of the regular season, of course, because they won 106 games. I, I would say the Braves were the – so the Rays were the best season for the first two months. Yeah. The Braves were the best season over the uh, – had the best, best year over the summer. And then you got into August, middle of August – it kind of was overtaken by the Phillies. Not that the Braves were that bad at all. It was just the Phillies were literally the hottest team in baseball. Yeah, they because I mean I don't know if you're you probably of course remember this, but the Phillies were were dead to rights in July. They were like lagging behind in the NL wild card. They normally are. I, and, I, I don't really think that it's something that anyone bats an eye at at this and, any, and anymore. Like you said, nope, they did not bat an eye. They continued to push forward. Um, they they went. They got hot. They won ninety games at the end of the day. They were the number one wild card seed in the NL, which of course you know we we talked about a lot over the course. The NL wild card was a mess until the end um and now you're, you're going up against a team in arizona that only won 84 games and here they are in the nlcs um 
and you know they're they're just proven right now that they are the better team and look this series we're going back to we're going back to the desert series is not over yet but you know there's a crucial game three tonight um and then there's a crucial game three to well no no, no i'm talking about the other series has the crucial game three tonight um that's for the uh the rangers and astros astros gotta find a way to win on the road um i, I say on the road pretty lightly i mean they only got to travel up to arlington but they got to find a way to win um, and then the same goes for Philly. Um, much longer road trip for the Phillies taking on the uh, Diamondbacks. They got to go all the way across the country, but they got to find a way to. The Diamondbacks have to find a way to win at home, just like the Astros have to find a way to win at. Uh, well, the Astros got to find a way to win at Minute Maid Park. I should have corrected that. There, the Astros are of course at home. Um, the Rangers won their or no? Did the Rangers? no no the Rangers the Rangers no, yeah, are yeah because yeah, it, it was weird it was weird because they they have the same record but the Astros won the division so yeah the Astros got to win on the road so they have the tougher task the as the at least you know the thing with the Diamondbacks is while you know you're down 2-0 you lost both games you're in quotes expected to lose in a seven game series but now you got to win at least one game if not both at home. You got to send the series back to Philly. So um, for that, you know the the Diamondbacks have a couple days, but the Astros are no they're no stranger to this sort of playoff pressure. But they got to step up and play their best baseball tonight. They have to win tonight. By the way, including traffic, which there's there's a lot of at the moment. It's four hours from Dallas to Texas or Dallas to uh, uh, Houston to the between the two ballparks. So. I I wonder if they fly. It's Texas. They fly. They probably fly. It's Texas. They're Come also on. they're also professional baseball teams. Yeah. They fly. Well, sometimes people take buses. Yeah, maybe they the could. Yankees and the Mets take buses. No, I mean <laughs> like Cleveland and Pittsburgh. No, they're they're professional teams. They're gonna take they're gonna take a plane. These teams have millions of dollars to make sure that their players get where they need to go. When uh, switching sports, but like when the Bengals go to Cleveland to take on the Browns, they take a plane as will the as will the Browns when they come to Cincinnati. It's it's not like the only team that won't take a plane to go see another is the Jets to play the Giants, right? Because they don't have to because they play in the same freaking stadium. So I I don't I would be shocked if they took a bus because you got to think Carl these teams have millions of dollars to make sure that their players are treated with utmost care unless you're you know uh, with an organization that likes to penny pinch <clears throat> Arizona Coyotes <clears throat> um, but, um you know you're gonna get the optimal treatment you're gonna get you're you're flying the whole the whole team is flying on the team plane I guess I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Anyways, uh, that'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll take another break. When we come back, we'll have our surefire hot picks and preview one of the biggest games. I mean, we're probably gonna, you guys are probably going to talk about it a lot tomorrow as well. Yep. But obviously, one of the bigger games: Penn State, Ohio State. Could this be the year that the Nittany Lions do it? I, I think this is going to be the closest year we've had since uh, that 2019 game, if you remember that. But we'll talk Last about year was it. Pretty close. We'll talk about it after the break here on The Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. This week on Football Friday Kickoff, playoff contenders are in the stretch and heading for home. We'll break down the possible playoff scenarios from the final week of the regular season. Plus, preview conference title deciding games in the SOC 2, NBL Big, and MSL Buckeye. All this and more on Football Friday Kickoff, live from the Holzer Health System Studio. 
Friday at 5 on Pure Rock 105 WXTQ. Here's a question. When's the last time you talked to your doctor? For an annual checkup or maybe something more serious? Either way, the discussion you had and the decisions you made were private between only you, your doctor, your family. That's the way it should always be. But here in Ohio, government now wants to control your personal medical decisions, especially on abortion, birth control, and emergency care for miscarriages. And that's why voting yes on issue one is so important. Yes gets government out of your personal medical decisions. Yes protects the privacy and freedom you and your family deserve. And yes stops Ohio's life-threatening abortion ban. A ban so extreme it has no exceptions for rape or incest. So vote yes on one because personal medical decisions should be private and no one else's business, especially not the government's. Vote yes on issue one. Paid for by Ohioans United for Reproductive Rights. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, $1.19 each. Open 10.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. Head over to Larry's Dog House over on West Union Street in Athens. Game on. Fire to the end zone. Caught on the drive. Into the house. Six for the Cats. Ohio wins. Got through everybody. And he sprints. Six for the Cats. This Saturday, Ohio is back home as they welcome Western Michigan to Athens. The ball is caught. Back to the end zone. Paint this baby green and white. Our coverage begins at 11 a.m. on your home for Bobcats football. Bright and early for the Bobcats and Broncos. Local three games at 10 on the flagship. Here Rock 105 XTQFM. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. This is the sports fan, Carl Blaylock, Ethan Sargent with you in the WATH studios. You want to do hot picks first? You want to talk about Buckeyes? Uh, let, let, let's, Lions. Talk Bucks. let's talk about yeah. I don't even know what my hot pick is yet, to be honest. I got to look. <laughs> It should be a very good game. I mean, this is, I think this is going to be the most competitive game we've seen between these two teams since uh, 2018. Well, Penn State, the, the big thing is Penn State has not been able to beat Ohio State since that game back in 2016. The, uh, oh, the, the block the field, block goal, field game. goal game. That was the last time Penn State beat Ohio State. And every year, Ohio State stands in the way of Penn State's goals. They haven't been back to the Big Ten championship since that year. They haven't been, you know, they haven't been able to win the Big Ten since that year. And that's the that's the goal for Penn State every year is to win the Big Ten, to you know, contend for the college football playoff. And it hasn't happened because Ohio State has stood in the way and has beaten them every year. They've been so close in that twenty seventeen and twenty eighteen games were so close. Obviously, the thirty nine thirty eight game with Marcus Ball. That game was wild. Yep. Um, I, I really didn't think the Buckeyes were going to pull that game and out. The, the legend and, and, of JT Barrett. Back-to-back years where they had uh, comeback victories. But since Ryan Days took hold of the reins, Penn State hasn't finished the game within a score. Last year, 44-31. Uh, 2021, 33-24. 38-25 in the COVID year. 28-17. 
in 2019. I mean, Penn State's not come within a score. Ryan Day has taken care of business yeah, last, against the Nittany Lions. Last year, the score, the score line from last year is a little unindicative of how that game went because Penn State were up for large stretches in that game. They they really had control of that game for long portions. And, of course, Ohio State fans will remember JT Tuimolo had his breakout game. He had a couple of sacks. He had a forced fumble. He had an interception. He did it all for that defense. And then Marvin Harrison Jr. had himself a night as well, over 150 yards on I think seven catches um, he, he did the job for the offense and the Buckeyes got out of Happy Valley with a victory the scoreline again was a little inflated but this Penn State team is stacked on both sides of the ball they have a ton of talent on defense they have a lot of guys that can cause you problems and then Drew Aller they have an actual quarterback had, for the first time since Aller. Trace McSorley yeah Drew Aller up there uh, from Medina Ohio of course many will be familiar with him he'll probably have some friends on that Ohio State roster they are not friends this week, and I do think Drew Aller is the most capable quarterback Penn State's had, probably since McSorley and maybe even before then. Um, no disrespect to say next grad Sean Clifford, who I did think was pretty good, but Aller's a step above, and he's shown it this year. Nick Singleton is one of the most underrated backs in the country. He's a guy that can gash an Ohio State run defense that's still kind of working its way. I mean, it's been good in stretches, but this is the best running back they've played since Audrick Estime at Notre Dame, and they did a good job with him. So that run defense with Michael Hall uh, is going to get tested. Um, they're gonna have they're gonna have to play their best football, especially on offense. Kyle McCord's gonna get put under a microscope once again. Um, he, you know he stepped up and won the game against Notre Dame. Uh, he's gonna have to do so once again against Penn State defense. It's gonna be hungry for blood. It's gonna be after him a lot during this game. I think that James Franklin's gonna dial it up and they're gonna blitz him and make him make quick decisions. I think if they do that, Penn State might end up winning this game. We'll have to see what ends up happening. But I mean, I because. Really, Notre Dame should have won that Ohio State game. If Notre Dame could count, huh. they win that game. And I'm not going to lie. I, thought, I was glad that nobody saw what I was doing. Every single big third down for Notre Dame, I'm sitting there, and I'm sitting there. Just sitting, we're sitting in the south end zone, and I'm just sitting there going, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, hmm. Hey, we're good. We got 11. <laughs> I, uh, you know what? If, if people would have saw me doing that, I might not be in one piece. But... You know what? Hey, you'll take it um, for the Buckeyes, but uh, they're not gonna—they're gonna have to play better than what they did in that Notre Dame game uh, to win, especially on offense. They're gonna have to play better. Absolutely, I think that they're gonna. <clears throat> excuse me, they're gonna. <clears throat> whoa, <laughs> whoa! We're still getting over the sickness. <laughs> wow. Not quite there yet, but I think that. Um, like you said, Ohio State gonna have to play their best game of football in 2023 if they want to win this football game. Let's shift over to our surefire hot picks. And uh, what what is your pick? My pick, we're going to the Diamond. Uh, of course, like we mentioned earlier, Astros versus Rangers in the ALCS. Astros have to get the job done. And they're going up against a very interesting pitcher tonight. Max Scherzer makes his return after that injury in the regular season. Some feared it would keep him out of the entire season. But the Rangers have kept their season going long enough to get Max Scherzer back into the fold. However, I think that the Astros are going to be aggressive on Max tonight. He wasn't fantastic for Texas before his injury. I think that he gives up more than three and a half hits tonight, which is his line. Uh, so I'm going to go Max Scherzer over three and a half hits allowed for the Rangers tonight. Over three and a half hits allowed? Mm-hmm. 
Alrighty. I am going to go to uh, CUSA Wednesday. I, oh, I, I yeah. guess everyone's trying to copy the Mac now. Because the Mac has well, its national, corner. it's national exposure. It is. The Sun Belt now are playing weekday games in October. So's Conference USA. Conference USA needs the exposure. Maction, Maction will be back in about two weeks' time. We'll be we'll be discussing Maction. Uh, November is the month of Maction. Yes, but looking tonight, you got New Mexico State against UTEP. New Mexico State's favorite in this game, and they've really impressed me the little bits and pieces I've gotten to watch of them this year. So, you know what? We're going to go Aggies minus three and a half. That's the line. Uh, take it. I, you know, we'll, we'll take it. We'll see what ends up happening. They're two and one in the Conference USA. They're looking pretty good. That's on 9 p.m. ESPN2. It's at UTEP. It's in the Sun Bowl, but uh, should be interesting. Oh, that lion is, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep the A oh. because the lion's only three, but I'll, I'll give the extra point. Sure. That'll give me, like, what, plus? Another, maybe another dollar. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Got uh, about, oh, about a minute and a half left uh, here. And, you know, you were we were mentioning this uh and, and talking about how you've got espn or not espn plus nfl plus NFL and plus. we're watching the Bengals uh and how they're not run blocking well truth be told i could have told you that i, I i've See, watched i'm not i'm not watching so i'm watching the film because i i mean i'm never i didn't play football in high school i didn't watch film consistently i've been watching film a lot more to try and help my understanding of the game for for commentary and for being on you know being on air like this and the Bengals have really struggled to open up the a and b gap they can't open up those basic gaps that allow you to run. He, Joe Mixon is very, you know, he's not been always your consistent open up a, a, a run game scheme where mm-hmm. you can't always get Mixon the ball and expect him to break three or four tackles. He's getting touched one, two yards behind the line of scrimmage. That's not good enough. Definitely is not. But, I mean, like I said, I could have told you that without it yet. Look, Bengals, look, look, look at the box score. Bengals are three and three. And they, have a, they, they got a whole bye, stress-free weekend. Something like that. Anyways, that'll wrap up the sports fan for today. AFC North show tomorrow. Yeah, right here on WATH.